Welcome back, motherfuckers. This is Amir. This is Adam. Today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic that Adam had no knowledge of whatsoever, so he kind of just here. None whatsoever. And the topic we're going to be talking about today is falling in reverse. How you have lived on this planet for so many years and not heard of this man or this band is a mystery. Let me just rephrase you there. I have heard of this band. I've just listened to none of their music and none of their music has ever interested me whatsoever. So let's hope today is going to change that. Okay. So it's falling in reverse. And like you guys heard in the intro, I don't listen to their music at all. I don't know nothing about them. I know a couple songs here and there, but I've never listened to them. I know... I have no knowledge about them other than the fact that I know that Ronnie used to be the lead singer for Escape the Fate back whenever they started, you know, back in the early, between the early 2008, somewhere, 2006, somewhere around there. But uh, that's that's really it. And I know he went to prison and after he got out, he went to, he ended up going falling in reverse. And then he's been this way ever since. And that's pretty much all I know. So why don't you, uh, why don't you brush me up on who they are and the history and about Ronnie and stuff like that? Well, as far as falling in reverse, they started in 2008. And they started as a result of Rodney being uh, fired. Well, not really. Well, yeah, fired. Yeah, he was fired. From <laughs> Escape the Fate for going to prison. You know, the band didn't want to, I guess, associate themselves with that. So they hired Craig Mabbitt who is currently their lead vocalist. He's been with them ever since. But at the time, he was the vocalist of a band called Blessed to Fall. And, of course, he, you know, ended up leaving Blessed to Fall to join Escape the Fate. Blessed to Fall got a new vocalist. You know, uh, Craig was also part of The Word Alive at one point. They got a new vocalist as well, and... We can go into that for like hours on end, but you know, at the end of the day, what you what you should know is that they started as a result of Ronnie being kicked out of Escape the Fate and being replaced by Craig. Right. <laughs> now, um, upon release from prison, Ronnie had, you know, obviously started working with members of uh, Fallen in Reverse. <coughs> To make their first album and their first singles and stuff like that. Now, one of the first singles that uh, he released, I think they're actually the first single, was called Raised by Wolves, which was essentially a diss track towards uh, the members of Escape the Fate. At the it, time, I guess. It, yeah, it's very clear in the lyrics. You can tell it was it was meant towards uh, Escape the Fate. Um, Following the reverse. They then released The Drug In Me Is You, which is, you know, the most critically acclaimed album, most popular, and it has, you know, some absolute hits on it. Obviously, the title track, uh, Raised By Wolves, the little one on there, obviously. And, you know, that song just marked a new revolution in, in Ronnie's life. And then, after that, it became the battle of Escape the Fate versus Fallen in the Reverse. Their fan base were, was at the divide. You know, none of the members in either band got along. It 
was a constant back and forth. And, um, you know, Max being one of the members of Escape the Fate um, and being someone who was close to Rodney, he bounced back and forth between bands multiple times. And, you know, he, he never really stuck. And even now, he, he's not in Escape the Fate anymore. He went and did his own stuff. Huh. But, um, you know, Ronnie, he's pretty much the focal point of it. You know, that's the common theme here that, you know, Ronnie, whether being in Escape the Fate or Fallen in Reverse, he's pretty much the center of the entire act. And Escape the Fate started out in 2004 with Max and Ronnie, you know, um, wanting to, wanting to make music. Um, Ryan, or otherwise known as, uh, Brian Money, right, his stupid name, but, <laughs> um, he was looking for a vocalist, so he got in contact with, uh, with Max, and Max referred him to Ronnie, then they auditioned for some drummers, and they ended up landing, uh, Robert, oddly enough, Robert's the only remaining original member of the band, and then they got, uh, Omar Espinoza, to play for rhythm guitar and from there you had the original lineup and you know it's, it's kind of crazy to think how they became a band because the only reason that they got to like this worldwide recognition was because they won a radio contest judged by my chemical romance in 2006 and it launched their career because i guess by winning the contest they got signed to epitaph records that's crazy a contest by My Chemical Romance that's that's fucking crazy and then they released uh, their EP in 2006 under Epitaph Records called uh, There's No Sympathy for the Dead and that's like early early Escape the Fate you know some some of their songs are pretty hard to find and then obviously they released uh, Dying Is Your Latest Fashion which is their debut album which was the only album that featured Ronnie on vocals for Escape the Fate. You know, before he would go on to go to uh, to prison. How, how long was he in prison? He was in prison for two and a half years. Huh. Uh, it, it, I don't know, man. It, it, he's been in a lot of controversy, and trust me, we're going to get into that, but it was in his early 20s that he was given a two and a half year sentence. Uh probation probation uh, violation and that's pretty much what kickstarted him to join Fallen in Reverse but um, you know his, his years in Fallen in Reverse his early years were, were pretty good man he you know, he stayed out of uh, trouble for the most part you know upon their debut but I guess once the band really started taking off was when he find when he started finding himself in some controversy because um he was dating a model named uh, Chrissy Henderson, who he had a daughter with. And that relationship ended due to infidelity on his part. So, you know, there's, that's, that's one controversy. <clears throat> then he always said how he was against religion due to the treatment of people in the LGBT community. He felt that, you know, Christians were rather harsh in their treatment towards members of the LGBT community, which I can, I can respect that. Yeah, I, I can see it. Um, 
and then the multiple legal issues that he had. He was involved in uh, in battery charges, disturbance of the peace charges, assault charges, and a defamation lawsuit. I'm gonna go into each one here, just so you can hear like just how much shit this man has been in the center of. So first, we're gonna start with the battery charge. Oh, this is gonna be fun. He was 22 years old at the time. And he met with a guy named Marcel Colquitt, right? Just so he could fight him. And obviously each guy assumed, oh, he's going to bring backup. So when they showed up there, it was just a big-ass group of people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now remember, th- this this was just supposed to be between Ronnie and the Marcel guy, right? Yeah. Well, because they have brought their entire clique with them, um... It, it was just like an all-out just like brawl right and apparently you know the fight broke out and someone on Ronnie's side uh, was carrying ended up shooting uh, an 18 year old whose name was Michael Allen Cook three times and killed him damn and then he wounded another man which was uh, the Marcel Coquit his brother Oh man, and his name was Chase Raider. Now Raider was arrested, and he was charged for murder. But here's the fucked up part: the district attorney declined to prosecute him despite his confession because uh, he had acted in self-defense. And you're thinking, okay, you know, that was self-defense; it was fair. But how was that messed up? Well, because Radke was charged and Colquitt. I can, you know, Racky was charged for the involvement in Cook's death, even though, you know, Racky wasn't the one who pulled the trigger. I guess they looked at it as like the the fact that you guys were starting, were going to start a fight anyway. It had a, it had a, a role in his death. So it's kind it's kind of like the it's kind of like a the notion of, you know, this guy may have may have shot the bullet, but Radke Radke's the one that gave him the gun. Pretty much, I, I guess pretty much they were saying like. This never would have happened if you guys hadn't have fought in the first place. Basically. And um, it, it took a turn for the worse when Colquitt uh, ended up committing suicide before he could even take trial. Damn. So everything just ended up being shifted towards uh, Ronnie. And then in 2008, he pleaded guilty to battery with substantial bodily harm in relation to uh, the Michael Cook's death. Right. So he was given uh, probation for five years, but he ended up violating the probation and serving two and a half years in prison. And because of that, he got kicked from the band and replaced by Craig. And Craig's been with the band ever since. Yes. And then we go on to Disturbance of the Peace. Which, oh boy. Which was May 2012. Now this is, this is the big one. Man, this is this is one where uh, this was one where it all started to go downhill for him. So he was accused by his ex of pretty much, you know, striking her, abusing her, and whatnot. And he failed to make uh, any appearances at the court. So he was charged with a misdemeanor count of corporal injury and a misdemeanor false imprisonment by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. He was released 
on a bail, 30000 in 2014. He pleaded no low contiered today or pretty much no contest. Uh, and then that same year, he got an assault charge. So he was performing at a, uh, a festival for Six Flags, right? Yeah. And during the performance, for some reason, he got the idea to throw three mic stands, stands, not actual microphones, three mic stands into the crowd. I, I don't know. Why? I don't know. <laughs> and he claimed it was never his intention to hurt anyone. But he ended up injuring a 16-year-old girl who had to be taken taken to the hospital, and then a 24-year-old man who had to be treated at the scene. So obviously he got charged for assault because no one in the crowd was expecting him to throw a fucking mic stand at him. Jesus, man. So he apologized, but as a result of that, you know, Six Flags decided to ban any rock or metal band from performing in the future, all because of Ronnie's actions. Wow. That's crazy. And then in 2015, this is five years ago. It was reported by uh, a 25-year-old whose name was Caitlin Boswell. At the time, uh, she claimed that Rocky had Ronnie Radke had uh, sexually assaulted her. Well, upon investigation, they didn't really find any evidence. They found out that she was intoxicated upon exiting his vehicle, and that never really went anywhere, so Racky filed a defamation lawsuit against her. Shit. It's a lot to take in. That's a, this is a lot of stuff, man. Like, it's, it's, it's really as, a lot to take in. As far as it's legal trouble, yeah, so it's a lot to take in. Um, you know, moving on to their their music now, their second album in 2013, the year after all that uh, assault charge and uh, disturbance of the peace charge, was when he launched a YouTube channel and released a solo song, and he started working on some solo work and stuff, and uh, apparently a song got leaked, which was a diss track towards the founder of Sumerian Records. And the band I See Stars. I've heard of them. And as a response to that, you know, they released a diss track as well. And it was just a whole shit show. It was just back and forth like that? Pretty much. But then in 2013, was, I guess, the turning of the tide. Because Ronnie and Craig had announced that they were on good terms. And they were planning on touring together. Which at the time was the Bury the Hatchet tour. Yeah. So he stated he was all good and whatnot, and then he released a mixtape called uh, Wash Me. Now, um, you know, from from there they continued to go on and reach success despite the uh, controversy and the charges and whatnot. In 2013, they also released Fashionably Late, which was their second album. Uh, it was the only album to feature their bassist Ron Sakara, who would later be replaced by Max Green. Obviously, Max didn't stay in the band, you know, like yeah. I said, he went back and forth. But uh, this this album was hit or miss, to say the least, for uh, for a lot of a lot of fans of the band. I mean, this 
this this one right here was kind of a shocker to say the least. I remember hearing their Gangsta's Paradise cover, and it, it was weird just hearing him rap and whatnot. But <laughs> they had some good songs on there, like uh, "Keep Holding On" was a good one. Fashionably, fashionably late, alone was another one. Bad Girls Club, like you know, and some of his earlier work. Let me just say, some of his earlier work with Falling in Reverse was so cringy, man. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but like it was just like a an ego sh- stroker, you know? Like he was just back and forth about lyrics with you know I'm the shit. I'm um, the we we had talked about that too. Remember with with Pink Piping or Death Punch exactly, and I hate lyrics and songs like that. Jesus it's just, Christ, it's egotistical. But moving on to 2015 is when they released uh, their third album, Jeff Like You. And um, this one was the last album to feature their guitarist, Jackie Vincent, who left in late 2015. So it kind of went back to a much heavier sound. Um, You know, they had uh, God If You Are Above, which was a great one. Just Like You, which was hit or miss with some fans, because it was kind of like, the whole premise of that song was kind of, hey, I'm an asshole, or so are you. <laughs> and that's, pretty, that, that's pretty much the entire song. Which I need to listen to that song, then. Which that song, you know, it's fucking hilarious when you look at it. But, I don't know, it, it, was, it was a great song, in my opinion. It's kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, just, just having fun with that it. That sounds interesting. I'm going to I'm gonna have to look that up and listen to it. And then, uh, this album actually featured the last song under the uh, Guillotine series. Uh, Guillotine 4. And then you had, a, you know, Chemical Prisoner. Like, this album right here, this was a solid album, man. Solid return to their sound. And then finally, we wrap it up with the latest home, record, which was 2017. Coming so home. It, it's been a while. It's been a while since they actually uh, released, you know, an album, which we'll get into here in a second. But this was the last album to feature their drummer, their drummer uh, Ryan Seaman, and their guitarist Derek Jones. Um, Derek Jones unfortunately passed away um, this year. So yeah, I'm, I remember reading about that one day when I was when I was surfing on Google, and it popped up on my newsfeed. And I'm like, oh man, that's fucking sad. Yeah, it, it, it's really sad knowing that he died. I mean, we we would have uh, would have loved to see you know what what else he had in store. And honestly, he was a great guitarist, and he brought a what a great sound to the band, man. Did, did they ever find out the uh, the cause of death? Because I know, uh, I, I read like after he died, like um, they were still waiting for autopsy and stuff like that. And they, uh, I don't know if they ever revealed official cause of death. Oh, man. Uh, let me see if they did. Uh, no. Still no, nothing yet? Not currently, no, no. Wow. It's been a few months. And this album on lead guitar was Christian Thompson and on bass with Zach Sandler. So they've had quite a few members over the years. Of, uh, a lot of lineup changes. Yeah, a lot, a lot of... Uh, obviously, you know, the hits from this album was Coming Home, which was uh, just a great single all around. Uh, Loser, Broken, If You're Into It, Fuck You and All Your Friends. I, I, I was just thinking 
I was just thinking, wait, I think there was a song that was called Fuck You and All Your Friends. <laughs> you know, that was a good one. And then, um, what, what is it, Carry On? Carry the On. Released, track that they released. Uh, Which goes back to another one. subject we talked we talked about, uh, I don't know how long ago, but um, bands releasing tracks, like, years after they've been recorded and made. And this is, this is another one of those situations, because... Carry On was recorded like back in 2012 or 13, I believe, and they just released it. That's what I was reading. Um, you know, and, and ever since then, they've been kind of releasing singles, which is something I actually like. I like the idea of them releasing, you know, a couple of singles a year rather than taking a complete break between albums, you know, three years or, or maybe even in some cases longer just to record one album that has 10 tracks on it you know yeah and like when you, when I actually stop and think about it I think that's I think I I would actually kind of prefer that too to be honest I mean if a lot of groups are going to be like sticking to this habit of waiting like three four sometimes four years or more releasing an album with like 10 tracks it'd be cool if they could at least like kind of fill a little bit of the time you know just release an EP here and there of maybe a couple songs just to know like hey I know we know it's been a while guys but we want you to got we want y'all to know that you know we're we haven't forgotten about you guys when we're busy working on a new album so we're we release this EP for you guys to hopefully see and let you guys understand that we're working hard these are new songs that we recorded you know we're giving you something to fill the void until you know our next big release is going to come out you know stuff like that which is what I love about you know Falling in reverse, that's what they're doing right now, releasing a couple of songs at a time and letting people really, you know, dive into it, get a feel for it. But they're not dropping, you know, any any big news. They're leaving it a surprise. They're not dropping everything all at once. I'm pretty sure that they're they're probably not gonna release their fifth album maybe until next year. Because I I doubt like uh I know some groups are doing it right now and they're kinda making exception with corona and everything, but I'm pretty sure they're probably going to wait till next year to do it. Maybe start fresh. I want bands to do what Bring Me the Horizon is doing. You know, short EPs, but multiple EPs. Releasing, you know, a couple of singles here and there throughout the year. But it all falls under one gigantic project. You know, what Bring Me the Horizon is working on is called Post Human. But it contains, you know, multiple songs. And it all falls under that one track. You know, it's kind of like an eating your, getting your appetizer before you get the big meal. Pretty much. And you know what I love about this is that I believe Ollie has said that they're going to have um, different sounds, right? Huh. So they can get experimental to see how fans react to you know what they drop or decide whether or not they like what they're dropping as music, right? Because let's say one EP had a more electronic sounding element to it and fans are like oh, I'm not digging this one but then they can go okay so for future references if we do decide to drop a full length album let's stick to that sound or, le- or let's not do that or let's do this exactly but going back to um, Ronnie it's crazy to see how much he's grown in the last couple of years you know becoming more of a father and talking more about his daughter and you can tell his daughter has had a huge influence on him and his music and his personality and everything I mean for crying out loud the dude started streaming on YouTube I know we were just watching a stream 
just before we started the podcast, and <laughs> Ronnie's just so he. Oh my god, he, he's 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 a fucking riot. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, it's, it's great seeing him. You know, be a be a positive figure now, especially when he was around and with all that negativity and you know the controversy and the charges and whatnot. You know, it's good to see him back on his feet and doing better than ever and continuing to make music and carry on despite, you know, all the tragedies that have happened in his life. The prison, um, his brother passing away in 2013 from a collision. I mean, this dude has faced a lot of losses. But, you know, throughout the years, he's still continued on. He's been strong. And he's showing that, like, he anybody can do it, man. Yeah. I know they, um... Before they released Carry On, they released Popular Monster. What what, did you think about that song? Man, it was a great song, honestly. Great single. Um, A little different from what they usually do, but I love the rap in that. You know, when Ronnie first started out with rapping, I wasn't too big on it because it just kind of didn't fit in too well. You said it sounded kind of cringy a little bit? It did, but, you know, now he found a way to blend it together perfectly. You know, if any of the tracks are going to feature rapping like a... Drugs or Popular Monster, those two pull it off really well. And if the rest of the albums or EP or whatever it is they're doing ends up sounding anywhere close to that, then, you know, count me in because they pulled it off really well. And when it comes to bands like, like you know, having those gaps between albums, I'd rather they release an EP with a few short songs rather than having to wait like another three, four years just for an album with like 10 songs, you know, because at least you can squeeze them in here and there. And kind of fill the void a little bit. And I'm really hoping bands pick up on that idea of, you know, releasing maybe three, four songs a year and then, you know, having it build up to be put under one album instead of, uh, instead of just, you know, have, having people wait forever. You know, tool, <laughs> system of a down. We're approaching the one year anniversary of when Fear and Knockin' was released. It's going to be on the, uh, was it the 29th? 28th or 29th? I can't remember exactly. Or it's the 30th. I can't remember. It's been like a year almost. I know uh, Bullet for My Valentine was planning on releasing an album and maybe even an EP, but I guess that fell through due to COVID. But I'm telling you, bands, please, please start doing either EPs or uh, different renditions of your songs. I'll give you some examples. Breaking Benjamin releasing the Aurora versions of all their songs. Beautiful. Well done, you know. It featured a lot of collabs. Uh, Amy Lee collabing with Lizzie Hell and, you know, oh, so good. doing her own solo stuff in different renditions of the song. Uh, Crown the Empire releasing their acoustic stuff. fucking Nickelback, you know, re-recording Rockstar to be acoustic, like... They did more songs, too. I can't remember what they were, but I know Rockstar was like the first one I saw. And, you know, uh, Whitechapel, a couple months ago, they they released an acoustic version for Hickory Creek. Fucking beautiful, by the way. Like, I'm loving the fact that, you know, bands are starting to do different versions of their song. Like, I'm not saying you have to release new music. No, just, you know, maybe do a re-recording, an acoustic track or something. Just keep the fans entertained. Don't, you know, don't leave them hanging for years on end, wondering the next activity uh, gonna happen cause you know honestly I feel like that most of the time when it comes to listening to my favorite groups it's just the, that long constant wait of having to hear new music 
Because like I said, I would really just prefer like a, maybe at least an EP within that three, four year gap or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that, you know, bands should automatically start working on a new album. Like, like it's not hard to record music. I get it's hard to record music. You know, you got to get the funds. You got to actually have a creative thought on as to what you want it to sound like, what you want the lyrics to be. You want it to be a serious album or you want it to be you know, an album that follows a story or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, like, you gotta, you gotta find the right sound, you gotta, you gotta be sure you, the album mixes right, you have to make sure, like, the flow is right, you gotta make sure everything is balanced. If you're working with a producer, you gotta understand, you know, whether or not he's on the same page as you guys, or whether or not you have to bring in, you know, something to add to the song, maybe a choir, or some electronics, or maybe some string instruments, you know? Because there's a lot that goes into the actual recording process, but I would really love it if uh, if a band could, you know, maybe drop something. Not not even any, maybe it was just like one or two songs, maybe some acoustic renditions of it, you know, just to just to give something to the fans each year. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not you know demanding it. I'm just saying, you know, it's a suggestion that the band could take in, and you know, it could. It could keep them relevant, especially dying bands like uh, Trapped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shadow work. You fail. <sighs> so, um, do you remember those those moments that we saw on that stream just a few minutes ago when Ronnie was like teleporting from like, like a penthouse background to like the rooftop to like his living room and he was saying like all this random shit like, um, all right, if you guys if you guys donate to me a hundred subs, I will I will I will give away nine of nine of my ten fingers. Yeah. <laughs> or like um. Uh, what was it that he said? He said uh. I can't remember what he said. He said something like, "If we get like this many amount of subs, like I'll send you like a signed acoustic guitar that's fucking broken and chipped, and the strings are missing and you can't even fix it." <laughs> Man, he's he's honestly he's a fun dude. You know, he's just having a time. With he it. seems like an asshole too, but like he, that's it's a likable asshole, you know. Yeah, that's the thing with Ronnie, man. Like he's a, he's, he's a little bit of a, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of ego on him, but he's he's fun, man. He's he's having fun. He's doing him. He doesn't give a shit, you know. He's living his life. You sh- you should do the same too, shit. You know, who cares? Live your life. You want to do it, do it. Yeah, he's doing his stuff. A fall in reverse. He's doing, you know, he's doing live streams and stuff on YouTube shit like that um they're releasing singles which is cool they're kind of they're, they're, they're kind of trying to fill that void I guess up until their next big release with, uh, you know escape the fade they're hanging out they're even doing live streams together Hell, uh, not too long ago him uh, Craig and Kelly from the word alive they did a live stream together they were just fucking chilling and playing video games like these these guys are easily in their 30s and like at the height of their careers and they're just chilling living everyday lives like us just fucking playing video games cause you gotta remember celebrities doing the quarantine the quarantine routine humans I mean you know they're, they're humans man celebrities are still human yeah they got that rock star status and whatnot, but at the end of the day they function the same just as us Unless you're, uh, unless you're the lead singer of Trap, then you don't function like us. You think you're fucking superior with your shitty ass music and your head strong. Yeah, thinking, 
this next album is going to be in the top five albums of all time for all eternity for and all you existence. Don't even sell a thousand copies in a week. I know that I know that fucking thing was bullshit where they said uh, that they know that they that there was that article that we read that said that they only sold like six hundred copies of their fucking album, their new album Shadow Work. I'm like, and then the lead singer was trying to like defend, like, no, nah, we sold a lot more than that. Like, I don't know, I don't know. That you guys heard that shit? That shit's wrong. I'm like. Bullshit, you know that's the fucking who truth. Said, who said they sold more? Who listened to Trapped anymore? Dude. <laughs> the only reason they're relevant is because of the bullshit they say on Twitter. They literally try to pick fights with people. Literally. They're literally just a one-hit wonder to me. That's all That's all they've ever been. It's just literally headstrong. That's it. And even then, like, I, I fucking hate that song now. <laughs> exactly. I'd rather listen to fucking Lost Prophet. <laughs> Didn't we talk about them not too long we ago? We did with fucking Ian Watkins having <laughs> that phone stuck up his ass. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Ian Watkins, I hope someone fucking shanks you in prison. <laughs> is he in prison right now? He is a damn scumbag. Jesus. I can't wait till we get to talk around getting around to talking about Escape to Fate. Yeah, I can't wait either. Because I know uh this whole episode we've been doing is dedicated to falling in reverse, but uh, there's we'll have another episode where it's going to be dedicated to escape the fate. And we won't talk about our concert experience because we already talked about that back in season one when we talked when we talked with Taylor. He's going to come back on the show, by the way, because I know he's been wanting to come back on. We're just trying to work out work around our work schedules and stuff. But he'll, he will be back on though. But um, we're going to talk about Wage War too sometime because. Uh, I know when you went to go see, uh, when you went to go see, what was that date? I remember you, you got to see Wage War on concert. I want to hear about that because you didn't really talk about that whenever we were talking with Taylor because you were, we were mainly talking about your date. I remember, but I want to hear your experience about Wage War because I, I think that's going to be cool, but we'll save that for another episode. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this episode following in reverse. I'll check them out. I mean, I don't see why not. Especially after seeing Ronnie fucking dick around in his live streams. <laughs> we'll see. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed. We'll see you guys next weekend.